Welcome to Bye Week on Football on the 40. Our fearless leader, Jake Robinson, is currently under a tornado warning. Let's hope he and the city of Austin make it through okay tonight, but we're going to go ahead and get this pod recorded. Um, a lot went wrong for the Longhorns in Stillwater on Saturday, and we will get right into that in just a minute. We will also give our midseason report card in lieu of a game to preview and discuss what to expect for the rest of the season. And finally, there is another big shakeup in betting corner. I'm Kevin Mathis, and I'm joined by Andrew Harris and Bowen Kai. And Football on the 40, as always, is produced by Hamilton Lizer. Bowen, go ahead and get us started. What were some takeaways from you on the game this past weekend? Yeah, let's jump right into it. Um, also, yeah, best wishes out to Jake up in North Austin. Myself, I'm in South Austin. We are not under a warning currently, so I'm all ready to and am to am to be here with you guys. So yeah, I think, I feel like my takeaways are going to be a bit obvious. I mean, I purposely avoided a lot of the post-game analysis, but watching the game, like Quinn just looked pretty shell-shocked out there. I feel like the first away game really did him in. I, I personally felt like going into this game, I, I felt like the atmosphere and environment at Texas OU was going to be more of a, I guess that first road test, but clearly a sarcasm clearly that was not the case he just kind of seemed uncalibrated on a lot of those throws that he made normally the rest of the season so that was pretty peculiar um the second thing that i saw was that like we've i think we've sh- we've been shown like a couple weeks now the secondary secondary is just so thin i feel like both in terms of depth and i guess also just in scheme in terms of who can execute that scheme like last game we lost watts in the second half and you saw um, and really take advantage of that. And this week we lost cook for the second half and it seems like he has a broken arm. And I saw on Twitter, even though I was trying to avoid it, that Sark was insinuating that he might play through the broken arm. So that's kind of where we are at in our season. Um, and then my last thing was just, I think just him and, and, and Casey Kane are just not on the same page. I don't know Quinn that. And, Quinn and Casey, you mean? Yeah, sorry, Quinn and Casey. I, I feel like, you know, a lot of the blame probably isn't on the receivers this game, but even last game, I just I just feel like they're not synchronized and, and we're clearly moving forward with Quinn. So Casey must look really good in practice, but it's really not showing up in the game. So, yeah, it was, pretty, it was a pretty hard watch for sure. Andy, I feel like you've got something to say on, on the Quinn topic, but – it's just such an obvious take from this weekend. Um, I don't think anyone of us guessed that he could have had a game throwing that bad. Um, what were you seeing or not seeing out of Quinn on Saturday? Uh, I mean, he didn't play well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just going 30, was it 38% on the game, 39%. Um, just obviously that's not going to get it done. I do think the win really did impact his throwing, but, you know, we could have, I don't know. That's not the reason why he had such a poor performance. Um, but, yeah, it was just disappointing to see because he, he was really locked in on one receiver at the start of each play. And basically, if that receiver was not open, he would either try to force the ball to that receiver or um, just – you know, just kind of freak out and throw the ball away. And so that's why I I, I just think Quinn just was not on top of his game. Um, 
yeah, and we just we miss some opportunities as well. Um, it's disappointing, you know, this whole narrative could have changed um, if we completed that four, or no, it's third down with like five minutes left right before the field goal kick that we missed. And Worthy is wide open. And the thing, I don't know if y'all noticed this on the replay, but the wind was like blowing in a direction towards the corner of the end zone. And it moved the ball like, two yards off of like where Worthy thought the ball was going to be. Now Worthy and Quinn were playing the whole game. They should have adjusted for the wind. That's not really an excuse, but it was kind of impactful how much the wind was impacting the game. Um, so yeah, it's just disappointing. I wish we would have came out with the wind because I think this current iteration of Oklahoma State, we are better than, but you know, we didn't play up to the standard that we needed to play. Kev, Kev, share your thoughts. So I'm trying not to get ahead of myself and trying not to overreact to that disappointment. Uh, but it's just tough to have gone so so long and had almost no success on the road with a new head coach. Um, I can't say I'm surprised. I'm getting ahead of our segments here. We're not talking about betting right now, but I did bet on OSU to win the game. So the outcome wasn't a surprise to me. I thought that that was probable. But I didn't see us winning a lead. I mean, losing a lead like that again. Um, Last week I harped on um, a drive specifically and I looked at the same um, part of the game in retrospect again. We went, our last 10 drives of the game netted three points. And in that span of time, about a half, a half of of game clock, you know, went by the wayside and, and we lost the lead. So it's just, totally crazy to me that <laughs> that we can go for such large portions of the game and not score any points like with a supposed offensive genius um i could add a whole lot to the, the quinn stuff such an uncharacteristic game for him but if you think about who we have in our running back room who who and how the quarterback is playing shouldn't always dictate the outcome of the game and for two weeks in a row an off week by Quinn, you know, either almost lost us the game or did. So mm-hmm. I just feel like we're going to look back and, and regret not utilizing Bijan and Roshan a little bit better. It sucks to lose on the road, but um, I'm not entirely surprised at the outcome. Um, I'm, I'm going to put my conspiracy Kev hat on. I don't know <laughs> if y'all saw this. Uh, there was some, Again, I keep saying I try to avoid the post-game analysis, but – I was on Twitter, like Austin FC was doing well, Astros were doing well, so I just caught some Longhorns takes in in between. Um, There were saying that, or Quinn was saying that earlier in the week that his like nail had fallen off his nail bed, and he said that it didn't affect his throws. But conspiracy, Kev, like, are we? You think there's any truth to that? Like, I mean, if if you if your if your nail fell off, like, on your throwing hand, I mean. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to hurt. And like, I was trying not to say this, but I, I read something about how in pregame, and I, I'm sure you guys heard this too, before the OSU game, Quinn tried to warm up for a little bit with a glove on his throwing hand. And, you know, obviously we're not in Quinn's helmet. We don't know what he's thinking. But is that because the wind is impacting his throwing or is it because his hands hurt? And how did that impact the outcome of the game? So there was something going on. I wouldn't rule 
totally rule out that he was injured, but I mean, he literally, he threw like 35%. Yeah. They didn't use that as an excuse, which was nice, but I've just, I don't know. Hearing that was kind of hard to believe. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Kev, going back to what you're saying about Sark and Link, I think for how far he's been with us so far, um, what is it 20 games now? I think it's 10 and 10, right? Um, it, I think a lot of games you can place criticism on him for his offensive play calling, um, especially like Tech earlier this year. But for this one, I don't think you can place as much blame on Sark um, as with other games. So, like, with this game, for instance, we – people were upset because we they, they thought we weren't running the ball as much. And we should have utilized Roshan and Bichon a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't think the offensive line played well enough in order for us to do that. Um, especially our interior guys. I, I just we are allowing too much pressure from Oklahoma State um, in the rush game, especially, but also in the pass game as well, which is kind of uncharacteristic of how our offensive line has played so far. And we gained 200 yards on the ground, but about 100 of those yards came on two plays. Right. And so, like 30 carries for 100 yards is not very good. And I just don't think – I don't blame Bijan. I don't blame Roshan. I, I, I don't think they play bad at all. Um, but at the same time, I don't think – I don't think the offensive line really gave us a chance to do, do much. And I think that's part of the issue with Quinn as well. Um, he did not feel comfortable compared to other games. Um, I, I have to challenge you on that, though, because um... – Part of the scenario is your quarterback is struggling throwing the ball more than 10 yards down the field. Another aspect of that scenario that you mentioned is running between the tackles isn't working. And if you go back and watch the first couple of drives on offense, OSU's pursuit on the edges is really hot and heavy. So with like with all those elements factoring in, there are ways to scheme open Bijan and Roshan in the quick pass game, you know, countering and over pursuing defense on the edge, like quick screen stuff to the sidelines. We didn't see much of that. And it was kind of like, well, we're not hitting the deep ball early. We're going to try to run it. Nothing's working. And and that was it. But frustrating outcome. Real quick, real quick. I, I do think we did try to do the short game. There was a couple of times we did like, um, I forget the play, what the specific play call is, but we're basically running back goes out and in. Um, and both times that didn't, we, I mean, a couple times that we did that did not go over so well. Um, I mean, we did utilize some of the screen game, but I agree. I You could have maybe tried to place a little more effort on that, but with Tech, I, I felt like we were kind of crippled because of Sark. In this game, I think there were other factors as well. I guess that's what I was trying to get across. Execution was so poor. You're right. It's not all on Sark. And we didn't even mention the penalties. There's a lot. We could complain for, for an hour. Um, but we've got we've got some exciting segments upcoming. I want to reintroduce our fearless leader, Jake, who apparently has not been struck by a tornado. Uh, welcome back, Jake. Thank you for joining us in this uh 
Very risky, adverse weather event. How brave of you. <laughs> it's good to be here just a little bit late this week, but can confirm I, I am not in the basement. <laughs> there are no good. basements in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, sorry I missed that opening uh, opening segment, guys. No problem. We're going to roll straight through into the midseason report card. Um, so each of us have graded uh, offense, defense, special teams, and overall. Um, let's start with Bowen first and take turns grading the offense. Cool. Yeah, so I gave the offense a B plus. I feel like Sands, like this past game against OSU where we talked about the miscues and just lack of execution. I feel like the offense has looked pretty stellar. There was a lot of creativity that we were seeing, you know, throughout the season. Um, but I feel like run game overall has looked good this season. And, you know, with the exception of this past game, like I feel like the run blocking has steadily improved. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping like looking forward past the bye or, you know, after the bye that we'll, we'll continue to look at that creativity and, and, and play calling and, and continue to continue to keep moving the ball. So, yeah, I, I'd give them a B plus though for this. Andy, you're next. Yeah, I think overall um, offense were a solid B. I we've left points on the board, um, and we just talked about that with the Oklahoma State game, Tech game. Um, I think our offense is capable of scoring more points. I think that's also due to just how teams that we've played against have had a better time of possession. Um, when we're good, we're really good. Um, when we're bad, we're we're not great. Um, and so I think consistently we've been a decent offensive team, but uh, there's room for improvement in my eyes. What about you, Jake? Yeah, um, I'm going to give it a B plus like Bowen did um, give our offense a B plus. I think every phase of the game are, are all of the different position groups on offense have improved from last year overall. Um, I mean, definitely like one of the positives, this is odd in light of three interceptions this past Saturday to, to bring up right now, but overall offense has really taken care of the ball. Um, we've only lost one fumble the entire season. And that was obviously the tech overtime Bijan fumble and six team interceptions all season. So Hudson had one and Quinn had, um, two before this week's game for the whole season. So, um, yeah, so like taking care of the ball is positive. Also, we are scoring an average of 36 points per game this season versus 23 points per game last season. Um, obviously, doesn't count for special teams and defense, but, you know, primarily you're scoring on offense. So, yeah, a couple of improvements. And and, and I do know y'all talked about the O-line this past week and a little bit earlier, but um, I, I, I do think there's just drastic improvement on the O-line compared to last season. So, yeah, that's what I'd say. I think – and, and I'm, I'm frustrated about the team, so I, I may have been too hard on them here. I know the numbers are better, but I, I'm unable to get over the fact that in key moments in games, the offense just doesn't produce for like an entire quarter. So I'm fully acknowledging the potential of our offense, but because of the variance in with which they play on any given weekend, I'm giving them a C. Um, I think... The, the over-reliance that we have on quarterback doesn't quite make sense to me. 
we apparently have someone elite and are still not consistently producing on the field. Um, I just I just worry that we're going to look back on this year and be like, oh, that's crazy that Bijan Robinson was on this team, what we could have done with him. Um, so I'm, I'm frustrated at these at these dry spells in second halves. And for that reason, I'm giving them a C. All right. Next up, we got defense. Bone, start us off on defensive grades. Yeah, so I I gave them a B on defense. Um, I feel like the shutout against OU is really keeping this B from a B minus. Um, as I mentioned before in the previous segment, I won't detail it out too much again, but obvious holes in the secondary. Pass rush is also not getting home enough. An improvement from last season, sure, but based on our expectations going in this year, like I, I think we're generating a lot of pressures, but we're just not getting home, and that's that's definitely an issue. And my and the and the last thing that's really like irking me is that we have no ability to block these ridiculous slant routes that every team sees, seems to be running on third and long third and medium third and whatever and just they, they, it like pretty much always works i my analogy is that like i don't know if y'all ever played nfl blitz it was a game on nintendo 64 <laughs> and there was a play that you could run called the the bomb where it was just broken like i ran that against my brother all the time or when i was playing computers and I always got like 30 or 40 yards off of it. And I feel like opposing offenses have to just figure it out the broken play against us. I mean, whichever way I'm sure we've tried to scheme against it and have run film on it, but it just keeps working. And that's, that's pretty frustrating. So um, yeah, I'll step off my soapbox a little bit. I'm, I'm still giving the defense a B though. Andy, what do you got? I was going to go B minus here, but more the, that I thought about it. I think I got to go with a B. Um, we're drastically better than last year. Um, we actually have a rush defense. I for, I don't know what the stats are after the Oklahoma State game, but I think I heard last week prior to the game that la- this year we're like almost two yards better. At like we gave up five yards of rush last year, and this year we're like just a little over three. Uh, so, I mean, that's a big, big difference um, um, in the course of a game. So um, I think we're really good. Um, we have a really good rush D. Secondary is still iffy. Um, we just give up too many big pass plays. And obviously on uh, key third downs, key fourth downs, we just haven't been get, been able to get off the field as much as we probably should. Um Really, really excited about Jalen Ford, and hopefully he comes back next year. I think he should, but um, you never know in this day and age. But um, I think he, he is our best player on defense. Um, yeah, I think overall we're a solid B. Um, we've flashed at times, and at times, obviously, we, we've given up a lot of points. Yeah, I, I am – I'm going to preface my rating with something. When, when you're so bad at something – particularly in school when you're so bad at something you have to grade you have to grade on an improvement scale right like is this defense elite no but it was atrocious last year and so I'm grading on a curve and I'm giving our defense an a minus because they have overperformed what I thought they would do for the season and so obviously massive improvement Jalen Ford has the 11th most tackles in the country nine more than any other big 12 player and we're allowing 21 points per game compared to 31 points per game last year. So 
marked improvement. I'll leave it at that. Y'all can beat up on my rating if you want. But looking at the season as a whole, not just the Oklahoma State game, I'm giving our defense an A-. minus. I think the context of the grade matters a lot. And that's your score, so I won't dog on your methodology too much. Um, but it, it's it's hard for me to look at the defense and not not see that, you know, we're still losing games. We're, we're definitely a lot better. I think last year was like a D. I have a set of B minus. Um, and similar comments as the offense. I think the lack of consistency um, is why it's not an A in my mind. Um, of course, we have the awesome the awesome games against Alabama and the shutout against OU, which for my grade, keep you out of the C range, but giving up 37 to tech 41 this weekend, to OSU. Um, it's a little tough. Next up, we've got special teams. Oh, Andy, what was that? I just got to say, I'm glad I didn't have you as a professor in college because I definitely would not have passed that class. Yeah. The grade for me comes at the end of the, the curve for me comes at the end of the semester. And I do not respond to emails begging for one point when you need to graduate. <laughs> funny. Uh, Bowen, special teams. Yeah, um, I'll go quick here. Um, I'm giving special teams A-. minus. I feel like the unit looks pretty great um, out there. Return game is solid. I haven't seen... I'm sure we have muffed a few, but I, not nothing like glaring off the top of my head. Punk crew has definitely improved a lot since the past or since the first couple games or so. Um, and our punt blocking is a real weapon. I think the kicking could use some more consistency. I, I feel like we were off to a pretty good start in the season, but since Bert missed a kick at Red River, I feel like he's been pretty downhill these past few games. Um, but yeah, overall, I'd still give them an A minus or special teams. I mean, an A minus. Andy, who you got, or what do you got for special teams? Uh, special teams, I um, I, I got to go with a with a B plus. I we've been really good, punt coverage wise, punt blocking. Um, um, Trejo has been kind of a light. I didn't think he was going to be that good, um, especially after either. I think it was the first game, but he's played pretty well. Um, yeah, Bert just not being consistent as much as I would like him to be. Um, I know wins were crazy the last game, and um, I know not all kickers are going to make every single field goal. But, yeah, I think B-plus is, is fair for this team. What about you, Jake? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go A-minus on special teams as well. Um, he on In the kicking game, Bert has made all of his extra points, which – is a given, but it's not always a given. If you really think about it, um, should be anyway. And he's 75% completion of all kicks over 40. So I, I don't know. I, I think I, when I look at special teams, I think, okay, what could go wrong? What has gone wrong? And is that happening? If you're playing a clean special teams game, clean game, you, it shouldn't be memorable. And, let, and if you're playing an elite special teams game, okay, yeah, blocked punts. Uh, you know, you're running back touchdowns, things like that, which we've done some of. So, overall, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us an A-. minus. The one thing I will say is we've had no Charlies, massive screw-ups. Charlies is a Charlie Strong reference where we always screwed up on special teams, and that's not happening. You just, I just feel way more comfortable when we're punting, even though our punter's average. And, you know, just kind of A- minus is good for special teams. 
I, I agree with that completely. The unit is not a liability. And on this team, that's an asset. So I've got them at B plus and yeah, not a whole lot to add. Okay. <laughs> Last but not least is um, overall. So the program, how do you feel we're doing at the program level? Are we headed in the right direction? Um, what's your overall grade? Bone, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm, I'm putting us at a B plus overall. You know, we're still fourth in the Big 12. We're five and three. I mean, obviously, we don't control our destiny. We'll still need to win out if we want to make the you know Big 12 title game. But and I and I, I this past week I was or actually I guess after Saturday I was thinking about a comment that I think Jake made on the last week's episode where he mentioned that like all of our games were against the bottom of the Big 12, and now we've played you know OSU's you know one and two at the, at the top of the Big 12. So we play the bottom, we play the top, you know, we'll probably calibrate somewhere in the middle. So it really depends. Like if we're nearer to the top, that'll be good for us. You know, if we try and trend downwards as we get into really rough slate of games after the bye week, um, it's going to be, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, B plus for right now. Andy, I'm going to go. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with B. I um, like, where the program is heading, even though we've kind of taken two steps forward, one step back at times. Um, I I still am optimistic for the rest of the year. Um, and I think if we win out, that's going to push it to A minus. If we lose one more, I say that's a B plus. Um, don't really want to think about other scenarios. But I think we're going in the right direction, even though at times it's frustrating. Um, we have a young team. We have a team that um, does make mistakes, and that's understandable with the personnel that we have. Um, but it's, I think it'd be foolish to say we're the same team as we were last year because I, I would say most fans can see the improvement from this year compared to last year. What about you, Jake? Uh, overall, I'm going B+. Plus. Two weeks ago, this would have been an A, honestly. If we if after the OU game, it would be in a straight up A, not even an A minus. But right now, the last two weeks have been trending a little bit down. So I'm going to go B plus. I do think we're a balanced team. All three phases of the game are drastically improved. None are elite in the grand scheme of college football, but, but they are all doing decently. And so if you look at where we were last season, you look at where we came into this season, nobody expected a playoff run. Nobody. In fact, only two of us in this pod even expected the – chance of a big 12 play uh, a big 12 championship appearance so you know we're still on track for our preseason expectations i'm not saying that i'm stoked about losing games but again this is a mid-season report card not an oklahoma state game review and so overall i'm i'm, I'm gonna stick with the b plus I, I think that's well thought out i'm gonna round us out here with an overall b minus it's it's tough for me, and I tried to say it off the bat. I'm trying not to overreact and be too negative about this team. We have not yet lost six games in a row or five to end the season, um, and, and there's a great possibility that we went out. Um, but the, the, the things that have occurred on the field, just, yeah, the, the stats are improving, but I'm still seeing things that are, that are pretty huge red flags. Um, especially when we're trying to evaluate, you know, a new shiny head coach. So go horns, pull it out the remainder of the season, but I'm, I'm seeing B minus. All righty. 
Thanks for listening so far. We got an ad break coming up and betting corner after. This Football on the 40 episode is brought to you by Hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. And we're back with betting corner. So we've 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 we recapped it up to now. Texas obviously did not cover over hit by a significant margin. Weekly standings wise, Kevin again with another solid week. Myself and Andy tied for second, and Jake um, bringing us out of the rear. But overall standings, we have some breaking news. There has been a change. Not at the top. Yours truly is still at the top, but Kevin Guy Mathis has now claimed second place silver on the medal stand P2 overtaking Andy turning on DRS and Jake is still, you know, bringing us around in the rear. Kevin, walk us through your emotions right now. How are you feeling? What's what just, just, just give us, give it to us. Let's go. I'm turning blue over here. Trying not to yell while you were introducing the segment, but to quote myself, <laughs> see you next week, second place. I said that on the recording last week. See you next week, second place. I was in last two weeks ago. I feel good. That's it. I feel good. The you know Texas State let me down last week. It's not the first time that that they live they they've let me down. But even despite some bad picks, I overtook Andy, which uh, you know I'm a dog. I'm trending. <laughs> that's growth that's what it's all about andy jake any comments on the performance this week you know i gotta give it up to kevin you know he's a dog so you just gotta give it up to kevin <laughs> let's yeah. go yeah I, I i can't i can't say anything negative about you know performing <laughs> so we'll we'll just leave it no, and not happy nice. about it <laughs> the hard part about this is I had to bet on the Longhorns to lose to continue my upward trend. I hope you're happy with so, yourself. I hope it was uh, worth it. The, I'm never betting on A&M again. That's for sure. <laughs> There's some questionable ethics in my methods, but I stand by it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, looking ahead to this week, you know, there is no Texas game for us to potentially lose money on. Lots elsewhere around the league, though. Um, Andy, we'll start out, or Kevin, we'll start out with you. What are you liking out there? So I'm going to go with a fairly light week. I bet against A&M last weekend, and it worked out for me. A&M's playing at home against Ole Miss uh, this weekend. Ole Miss just lost a, a tough game to LSU, but I think they're going to beat the Aggies handily in College Station. So I'm going to take Ole Miss Moneyline for three units. Um, the other game that I want to bet on is Oklahoma State-Kansas State. Oklahoma State's going on the road to Manhattan and Kansas State is favored by like a point and a half right now. I'm also going to take Oklahoma State money line for three units and that's going to be it for me this week. 
All right. I like it. Andy, what about you? So I just want to start off with, with a quick little statement. Kevin, you've identified as a dog, and rightfully so. You've, you've made your presence known the last few weeks, and you got to give, you know, you got to tip your hat to you on that. And since you identified as a dog, you've kind of been wandering around the yard, kind of minding your own business, kind of feeling like you, you own this world. But at some time, Daddy, Daddy has to call you back inside the house. And Kev, it's time to get back in the house. Oh, man. <laughs> Kennel. Let's go with my pigs. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, right, let's go with my pigs. So you got to give us the all-stars cast right here. Let's go. <laughs> so with one unit. Uh, the Astros are in the World Series. I'm looking to cash in my futures bet from August. Um, hopefully, the Astros pull it out sooner rather than later. Um, they have not lost this postseason, so let's hope they keep that streak going. But I I like how Alex Bregman is playing right now. Um, he did not win the ALCS MVP, but he played really well in the ALCS. Uh, played really well in the ALDS as well. Uh, he's plus 1,200 to win the um, World Series MVP. I like those odds. So give me one unit for Alex Bregman to win the World Series MVP. Now, uh, this next one, uh, Iowa and Northwestern. Earlier this week, I think it was like the the um, the points total, I guess. I, I forget like the exact term. Uh, was like 31 and a half, something really low. And from what I've seen recently, it was up to 37. Um, if it stays at 37, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the under for Iowa and Northwestern. Both offenses are terrible. Iowa's defense is elite, even though they give up 54 points at Ohio State. Um, I just don't see either team combining enough points to um, getting to 37. So I'm gonna go two units on the under for that game. Uh, USC just came off a heartbreaking loss to uh, Utah. I I just don't see USC um, having another poor performance. They play Arizona, who gives up a lot of points. Um, I'm going to go USC cover, which is 15 and a half for three units. And then lastly, um, uh, I'm going to go for my four-unit bet. Uh, Tech and Baylor, they play this week. Both offenses have proven to be um really good this year and this um the total is only like 61 61 and a half uh so i'm gonna go with the over for that uh, i just don't think either defense is going to be able to handle the other offense so yeah those are my bets and uh kev just remember who's your daddy i think i'm headed back inside but i don't want to come in <laughs> I love it. Oh man, we'll we'll see we'll see what next week's episode looks like at at the end of all these. All right, Jake, what you got? Yeah, so I'm I'm bringing out I'm bringing up the rear for sure. I'm in way in last place right now. Um, and and I and I'm not and I'm not a dog. That being said, the last time I dropped into to last place, I gave a Lou Holtz quote, and I can do that again. Lou Holtz once said. You'll never get ahead of anyone as long as you try to get even with them. And so the theme of this week is I'm not trying to just, I'm trying to pass y'all. 
I'm making two very bold bets this week. I'm probably just going to drop further into last, but if I win them, it's going to be very interesting next week. First up, we have the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, which is Florida, Georgia. Georgia's way better team in Florida. No one will doubt that. But I'm taking Florida Moneyline over Georgia plus 1050 for two units. Yep, I'm doing it. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Florida, I, I like Coach Napier. You know, it could happen. I think when Georgia you, has shown a couple of faults this week. Maybe this is the one. When and, you were betting ahead. on the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, I literally thought you were betting on some obscure, like, cocktail. <laughs> uh, that's the name of the rivalry. <laughs> um, that's funny. And second... Because the only bets it seems that I've done well on so far this year are training well is Tennessee. So I'm putting all of the rest of my eight units on Tennessee to cover 12 and a half against Kentucky. Thank you. Please, please perform well, Hendon Hooker. Wow. What a, what a slate, Jake. You know, Jake, Jake said his theme or whatever going into this week is, is trying not to get even, but I feel like the real theme of this is, He's just riding fully on his Hendon Hooker Heisman bet futures bet from week one. He's like, how you know, it's it's just it's just all it's just all heading in that direction. So. But it is possible I could drop far enough to where that wouldn't even be enough. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. All right, I'll I'll finish this out here. Um, I have some similar bets, so I also have one unit on Oklahoma State money line, um, similar to Kevin. And I'm putting one unit on Baylor money line against Tech, and then I have two units. They're on Ohio State. They're playing uh, Penn State this weekend. The spread is uh, Ohio State minus 15. I feel like they cover that pretty easily. They're going to score in a hurry. Um, and then I have some non-college football bets. So Andy, I feel like we're pretty we're pretty in sync. We're pretty locked in. I also feel like Bregman has been pretty consistent this playoffs run. Um, I think Pena did deserve the ALCS MVP, but I feel like Bregman was a close second. He was super consistent, got us go ahead run multiple times. Um, really, really played well, and he's been he's been definitely super consistent throughout throughout the run. So, I, I like I like his odds. I'm gonna I'm putting one unit on that, and then I'm putting five more units on Astros to win the World Series. We don't I don't have as good of odds as as Andy did earlier on in the season. Um, but minus 170 for us to win the World Series, I like it. So um, that will close me out for I've, the week. I've, I've got one that I want to add to my slate. So I'm thinking about the market overall. I'm thinking about what inflation's doing. And I feel like while I have the chance, I should put my remaining four units in an inflation-safe location uh, for the week. So I'd like to put four units on Georgia Moneyline. <laughs> that's gonna be like no return <laughs> i think it's, it's i think it's plus 2000 right that's not even gonna cover inflation <laughs> it should maybe i should there's nowhere safe never mind yeah georgia money line four units that'll win me like 0.2 units right i'll take it yeah all righty Cool. Yeah. Even, even in the midst of the bye week we can still find some ways to get creative, creative out there and, and hopefully win some money for, for our listeners and for ourselves. So yeah, I'll get, I'll make sure to get those bets in. All right. Our last segment is mailbag. 
Um, we do have a couple of mailbag submissions. I think, Kevin, we can start with one that you have. Um, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I can. So uh, thanks, Dad, for dropping us a mailbag. We appreciate the support. Um, my dad has asked, considering Quinn Ewer's performance over the last two games and Sark's management of him, do you think the Manning family trusts young Arch's maturation in Austin? What do you guys think? I think it, they trust enough to, for him to come to Austin this January. I, I don't think anything is going to change with his commitment. The good thing for their family and bad news for Texas is he could always transfer. Mm -hmm. um, so if things don't get better, you know, Arch can choose any school that he wants to go to and he'll be fine. So, um, yeah, short change anything long-term if things go south. You never know. Bowen, Jake, what do y'all think? Yeah, I feel I feel like Sark is I mean, they he's I think we could, you know, talk a lot about his like game management, like from a head coach perspective, but from a QB development standpoint, like he has a phenomenal track record, right? So I think, you know, Arch will do well under his tutelage. Um, but yeah, like like Andy said, I feel like he could transfer out, but I'm I'm feeling I feel like the family's probably still pretty confident. We don't want to, I, I feel like Jake was really good on the, on the report cards on the mid season report card segment of like not having too much recency bias or really, in, you know, imploring us not have too much recency bias, which I feel like I fell into. Um, but I, I feel like the family probably has, um, you know, they've been around the league for so long. They know how, how these things go, the ebbs and flows. So I feel like they'll probably still be pretty confident. I was going to, I was going to point back to that again, just recency versus, I mean, think about it. How, how many, how many games has, has Quinn started of college football in his entire career? Is it four? Are we up to four games? I think four or five. Yeah. It's, it's not very many or complete games. I guess we should say he started Alabama. Right. But he hasn't even played that much. I don't think that the Manning family is freaking out about Quinn's development right now. I, I just, yeah. Plus I think, I really do think like Arch has tremendous um, guidance by his family, but I think Arch wants to come to Texas and come to Austin and they're going to let him make decisions. And obviously I, I don't, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think that that's something to be too worried about Mr. Mathis. Yeah. Jake, wait real quick. Jake, did the power go out or are you, are you having a seance? It is dark, so I can watch the lightning out my window. <laughs> so right. the, the, the one comment I have for you, Dad, is I think if I were the Mannings, more so than the recent performances, I would be most worried about the increased likelihood that um, young Arch Manning has of needing to start when he's a freshman. Um, if I were Peyton and Eli, I'd I would want Arch to have the opportunity to kind of sit and learn for his first season. And the worse things go, the more it looks like we might need Arch to start his freshman season. So we'll see where things go. But I, I agree with everything y'all said. Bone, I think uh, we've got one more mailbag. Is that right? Yep, we've got one more. And I will play. We have an audio clip submission from my lovely wife, Emily. 
Hey friends, this is Emily. And my question for y'all is that I know we're all super huge Longhorn fans and it's our favorite team, but I wanted to know what is everyone's second favorite team to root for in sports? And then also, are you a fair weather fan for any sports team? And if so, what? All right. I, I hope that audio came in nice and clear um, from Emily. Um, so yeah, I can I can start us off. Yeah, so I feel like Texas obviously is is up there for me. It's it's first and foremost. I'm not I'm not doing a podcast on anything else. Um, and then I'm from Houston, so I'm a pretty big Houston sports fan. As far as like right now, I'm a pretty big Astros fan because we've just been so good for so long, but. You know, being honest about the second part of her second question, I probably would consider myself a fair weather fan. I wasn't watching when we were tanking, um, but I've been pretty consistently like a Rockets and Texans fan. Um, I think Rockets probably would be my number two and then Texans um, number three right behind. Andy, do you want to go next? Yeah, I. So, yeah, I I love Texas, obviously. Um, like the rest of the guys here, I, I I'm from San Antonio, so I love the Spurs as well. Even though we're uh, we're tanking for Wimbenaya uh, this year, <laughs> so <laughs> it's gonna be a rough season. Uh, but hopefully we get him. Um, yeah, so I would say, just depending on um, my whatever season of life, I, I would still say probably Texas is first, but Spurs are very very close second. Um, I like the Astros a lot, but there's a step down. And then Fairweather, um, I guess, Cowboys and Texans. I don't know. I really don't care about the NFL that much. But I do cheer for both Cowboys and Texans, So, um, which that kind of sounds like sacrilege. But I, I don't know. I just root for the Texas teams. Yeah, to, to piggyback on that, I am now a notable Fairweather Cowboys fan. Their rough stretch our senior year um, on top of a difficult season for the Longhorns really broke me. And uh, I had to guard my heart going forward by not fully rooting for the Cowboys and the Longhorns <laughs> at the same time. Um, it can make for a really bad fall. So Fairweather Cowboys. And my, my other team that I root hard for is another um, Dallas organization called the Jordan Speeths. Um, I root hard for the Jordan Speeds in all things golf and live and die based on his, you know, entertaining moves and shanks and shots on Sundays. That's fun. <clears throat> I would, I was going to go somewhere in that direction, but not quite, um, not quite that far, but <laughs> yeah, I, I'm obviously Texas fan first Longhorns, but I really don't have any favorite professional teams and I really don't like any other colleges, obviously. So um, I would say Fairweather Spurs fan, grew up a huge Spurs fan, went to games, watched all the games, kind of have stopped watching the games and we're not good. So yeah, definitely Fairweather Spurs fan. If we ever make it to the playoffs again, after that really, really long streak ended, um, I'll, I'll definitely watch playoff games. So yeah, I'd say Fairweather Spurs fan. Um if, if Team USA counts, anything Team USA does, I'm always on board. Olympics, um, you know, whatever. But like it. 
you're a pretty big texas volleyball fan too jake you you keep us plugged in on the on the volleyball scene yeah but that's more just like keeping up on twitter <laughs> yeah because we're because we're dominant it's nice to, it's nice to be <laughs> but, good yeah i'm surprised you didn't say f1 bowen yeah, I, I I enjoy F1 as a sport. I wouldn't say like the teams that I follow. Like, I don't have a specific team that I like love and like live and die by. Like our friend came in like loves Red Bull, you know. Um, I feel I like I feel like I like some of the drivers. I feel like if Danny Rick went to Haas, I I would be a Haas fan for sure. But um, yeah, I I think F1 is just one of my many many hobbies that I have. But yeah, yeah. thanks Emily for the question. Um, love 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 the submission and for all of our other listeners feel free to send us either a voice memo or you can also fill out the mailbag submission on our spotify or our link tree that uh, closes us out on the mailbag segment yeah thanks as always for the support we love the mailbag segment so keep sending us those you know record your highs and lows with this team by submitting a bail a mailbag and we'll be sure to talk about it on the next podcast um it's been great Breaking that tough week down with you all. We'll catch you on the next Football on the 40. Hook them.